You're listening to Matt Walsh On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. Oh man, another crazy week. A crazy week. And um, a lot of it just seems like, you know, there was another mass casualty event. uh, And uh, looking at this train crash in Hoboken. And it seems like these things happen like three times a week now. Because just, just the day before, you had the shooting at the elementary school. And then you had all the you know the attacks in New York. That I mean, it just it just I, I forget all of the the ones that that uh, that have happened because it, they just seem to happen so often now. And I'm not saying they're all related in the sense that you know they're, they're saying that the, the, the train crash was uh, not terrorism, but just in the sense that we have these violent, um, tragic events that seem to happen all the time now. And I always wonder. I look at this stuff and I think like everybody else, I wonder the same thing as everybody else. I wonder, is it actually happening more frequently or do we just know about it? And that's an interesting question. We, we, we know uh, that the world has always been a violent place. It's always been a place where bad things happen, either at the hands of, uh, of people or the hands of Mother Nature or whatever. But I think the difference is that you weren't really weighted down back in the old days with all of the tragedies in the world. You, you had your own tragedies. That's not to say that there weren't tragic. I mean, you, you had your own tragedies. Um, you had many of your own tragedies. Whatever was happening in your family, your community, um, maybe you found out about the rest of the world or, or some of it anyway in newspapers, but it didn't invade your entire life. And I imagine that... Um, there were plenty of people who didn't really read newspapers, didn't get them. And even if you did, if, if, if this is your only window into the outside world is a newspaper and whatever that, you know, if some dusty traveler enters your town, he could tell you stories about things that are happening in other places. But if those are your only, only windows into the world, there are vast parts of the world. I mean, most of the entire world, you would never hear anything about. You would have no idea what's happening in most of the world. You, you wouldn't have this, the foggiest clue. And so this is a good example, this uh, train crash, just taking it as, because as I'm recording it, this, this is the thing that's happened today. And as long as it turns out that this wasn't terrorism, and they're saying that it's not, but as long as that's the case by tomorrow, in fact, by the time you, you hear this probably, it will already no longer be the top news in the country. It won't even be the, it won't even be, it probably won't even make the news anymore. Well, it might be something they mentioned like 18 minutes into the broadcast. But for now, today, it's all over the news. It's all over the internet. It's the thing that's happening today. It's today's thing. Now, and there's always a thing. Every, every day, there's a thing. And this is today's thing. Now, there have been very deadly train crashes for as long as there have been trains. I read about one in 1902 or somewhere around there that killed over, I think, uh, over 100 people. And if you weren't in the immediate vicinity of it, 
how would you have found out? You would have read about it in the paper the next day. And then the rest of your day, when you put down the paper, it would be, um, it wouldn't really be a present force in your life, would it? It wouldn't be, it, it would just, you, you read about it, you put down the paper, you go about your day. Because there aren't TVs and computers and phones everywhere you go or anywhere you go. So you go on with your day, focusing pretty quickly back to the matters at hand. Maybe you talk about it with other people, but it doesn't become this thing that enters your life, really. It doesn't, it doesn't grab a hold of your life in the way that things do now. It's a thing that happened far away. And then you go on with your day. And that was good because terrible things happened back then. And when I say back then, I mean any point in history prior to, um, you know, 1990 or 1980 or whatever, 1950, whatever, you know, whatever we want to consider the modern technological age, um, terrible things happened before then. A lot of terrible things. A lot of terrible things. I mean, can you imagine if the Titanic sank today? Something like that happened today. Can you imagine if... um, if you had a black plague wipe out 200 million Europeans in the span of a few years, can you imagine if that happened today? You have a black plague happening today in the civilized world. Can you imagine an American civil war today? 600,000 people killed. Maybe we ought to imagine it because we could be headed back there again, but uh, who knows? But but even something like that. And... Um, Obviously, it, di- it directly impacted a great many people in this country, the Civil War I'm talking about. A great many people were impacted by it. Uh, everybody was, in fact. And it made its way into many communities directly, of course. But even imagine that it's 1862 and you're living in Maine or somewhere like that. You read about the, what's going on in the war in the papers. You have, of course, you're going to have family members and friends who are off fighting. So obviously, this is having a serious impact on you. You talk about it, of course, I can imagine. It is a pervasive theme, something like that, clearly. But you wouldn't be spending your day observing it. You wouldn't be. There would be no way to. All you would, you get letters from home uh, from your loved ones, as long as they were alive. You would read about in papers, and that would be pretty much all that would be your, your only insight into what's going on. That would be it. And then and there's still a lot of your day left to fill, isn't there? You'd be very worried about it. You're thinking about it, but you'd still have to continue on, go about your business. What else are you going to do? The cows still have to be milked and so forth. But now we observe every moment of everything that happens everywhere in the world. We observe all of it. And when you have a legitimately huge event, um, something that you know is le- legitimately a, a, an enormous, like, earth-shaking event, and those things do happen, but when something like that happens, everything grinds to a halt. Not just because of the immediate impact of the event, but because everyone is observing it. Now, look at 9-11. Now, even that, we, we would consider that as something that happened in the modern age, obviously. It was 2001. Um, and we had cable news, you know, and I, and I can remember coming home from school early that day on nine 11, cause they had let the schools out and, and, uh, we spent the whole rest of the day watching, watching the news. And that was all anyone talked about. And you watch, and you were just watching the news constantly. But even back then, yeah, you had the internet. Um, 
but you didn't really have social media as you have it now. And the internet was still in its infancy and you didn't have smartphones uh, back then. So even then when you, when you went away from the TV, it was still, it was still this huge thing that was going on and everyone talked about it, but you were still forced to walk away from it sometimes and continue on with your day. Because you couldn't have a TV in front of you every second, every hour of the day. Can you imagine a 9-11 size event? And, you know, we'll probably have another one at some point. A 9-11 type of event happening today. Now, when we, st- we have cable news, of course, so that would still. But when we've all got the internet on our phones and social media and Twitter and everything. I think now the world really ground to a halt with 9-11 when it happened in 2001. If it happened in 2016 or 2017... There would be just because we would nobody would look up from their phone at all for the next like two months. It would just be we would all have our our necks would be permanently disfigured because we would never look up from it. We would just be constantly every second of the day, literally every second of the day, as opposed to actual nine eleven when it was you know maybe eight hours of the day we spent watching TV and talking about it. There were still moments away from it, unless you lived you know in New York or something that would be different, but. Nowadays, there would be no moment away from it at all. And you go back even further than 2001. You go back to the really old days. um, And a big event happens. You would know about it. Big catastrophes. But every little smaller, sad, or violent tale wouldn't have reached you probably. So there's a train crash. You hear about it. Uh, There's a war that breaks out. You hear about it. There's a big house fire or something in the next town over. kills 12 people. You hear about it. But you didn't have the media and social media and everything 24 hours a day constantly, constantly dredging up all of the misery and darkness they could and feeding it to you. You didn't have that. We have that now, so we think it's worse. This is one of the, the uh, side effects of being able to observe every moment of everything that happens everywhere in the world is that it gives us the impression that these bad things are happening more often or are worse than they've ever been. I mean, just look at all this stuff that goes on with the police shootings. What's the latest? You know, the, the latest is a guy uh, gets the, the one that happened this week. Guy gets shot because he pretended to draw a gun on, on a cop. I think this was in, I don't even remember now where South Carolina, maybe, um, I might be wrong about that. Anyway, a guy gets he pretends to draw a gun on a cop and uh, he gets killed. It, t- it turns out he didn't really have a gun, but he was pretending. There's video of it. I mean, there's video of him pr- literally like like a you know like you'd see a little kid with a with a stick or something pretending to shoot. I mean, that's what he was doing at a cop, and the cop had his gun drawn on him. So he's obviously mentally ill, or he, he was trying to commit suicide by a cop, which is a thing that happens. And it's sad. It's sad because somebody died, but. People die every day. It's not a national news story every single time. The the world cannot grind to a halt every time somebody dies in the world because we would never move forward because there's always people dying. So something like that, it's a local story about a sad incident. And that's all. That's all it is. Something like that. You know, in fact, it's 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 hardly even a local. It's a it's an extremely local story. It's a story that impacts the family of the person involved the family of, of everyone involved and it's very it impacts them and it's very sad um it, it has no relevance on the national scale and even in the greater community 
this is a sad person of someone probably mentally disturbed who got himself killed by the cops because he was, you know, because he's mentally ill. It's a very sad thing. But it's not really a relevant news story that is the kind of thing everyone needs to know about. But now we all find out about it. Everybody finds out. These kinds of things have always happened, but now we all find out. And we fit it into our, our narratives. And if something fits the narrative, we're more likely to find out about it. If something fits the overarching uh, media narrative, then we're more likely to find out about it. So people will say, oh, look, you know, cops are shooting people every day. What's happening in the world? Cops are shooting people every day. What's going on? You hear that all the time. Every time there's another one. What's going on? This is it's like this is happening every day. Well, of course they shoot people every day. There's 300 million people in the country. A certain portion of them are criminals. So there are altercations with law enforcement. Of course, people are getting shot every day. 300 million people. What do you think is going to happen? And it's always been this way. I read that there were like 1,200 police shootings last year. Well, guess what? In a country of 300 million, that's about, what, 0.0000004% of the population? That's not an epidemic. It's not anything. It's not anything besides a really terrible tragedy for the people directly involved. But it's not an epidemic across the country. It's, it's not. It's not. 0.0004% people are probably killed from slipping on a banana peel every every year. That's sad too, but we aren't going to ban bananas because of it. We aren't going to do anything. We, we aren't going to... People say, well, what are we going to do about this problem of people slipping on banana peels? What are we going to do? Nothing. We're not going to do anything. There's, no, there's nothing to do. It's just... what. What are we striving for? Are we striving for a country of 300 million people where nobody ever dies? Where nothing bad ever happens? That's not, that's probably not a realistic goal, unfortunately. Bad things have always happened. The only difference is that we have, we all have to talk about all of it now. I mean, a police officer shot a suspect in 1876 in the Wyoming territory, and it wasn't going to become a national event. It wasn't going to become an event that people in Maryland and South Carolina and New York and and Vermont were feverishly obsessed with. But we're obsessed with everything now, at least for a short while. And so we think all this stuff is new or worse or more common when it's not. And that's one of the the effects of living in this age. The other effect, uh, the second effect, is that, that, and the worse effect, is that um, because we know everything, our focus is drawn away from our immediate sphere of existence. Um, in fact, sphere of existence. That sounds like the name of a book that some, that some self-help guru would probably write. That sounds like Joel Osteen's next book. You have to focus on your sphere of existence, you see. Your sphere. Focus on your sphere. Anyway, we're drawn out of the immediate, out of the personal, what is close to us. And our attention is drawn to things that are much bigger, further away, out of our grasp. We can't do anything about them. We can't change any of them, really. But we know about it. We know about everything. And meanwhile, what happens? The things we can change, the things that are right in front of us, those all go to hell because we neglect them and we can't stay focused on them. I think, I think it's, an really, it's really an incredible and very telling sign that as we become more aware about everything happening in the world, our family lives have deteriorated. The family has deteriorated. Our immediate lives have deteriorated, um, have, been, uh, have, 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 have begun to collapse as we have become more aware of everything else. So we end up with this really bizarre dichotomy where you have people who are on Facebook and Twitter and in the comment sections of articles explaining all of the ways 
giving all of their prescriptions for fixing the world um, while their own lives go to crap. You have some guy from Nebraska on Facebook right now explaining how to fix the civil war in Syria. Meanwhile, his wife is headed to to the courthouse to file for divorce. He's got Syria figured out, but he doesn't know how to how to keep his wife happy. You know, he doesn't know what to do about his home, but he's got Syria figured out. You see, and he's going to let us all know on Facebook. And a lot of people have commented on this. I realize that I'm not blowing your minds here. I mean, a million 14 year old stoners have sat in their friend's basement and said basically what I'm saying now. You know, man, it's like, it's like, as we become more connected with the world, man, we become less connected with each other, man. So deep. But, but it is actually deep. That's actually, it's a deep and true uh, fact of life. It, It is a truth. It's a very serious, very troubling truth. And it's something that we've all noticed. Even 14-year-old stoners have noticed it. That's how obvious it is. What do we do about it is the perhaps less obvious question. Yeah, less obvious answer anyway. That's what few people can figure out. And there is a movement, uh, seems a small movement of people that you read about, you hear from uh, from people, a movement away from the internet. People saying, I'm done with the internet. I'm junking my TV. I'm going back to a flip phone with no internet. In fact, I'm going back to rotary phones. I'm just, I'm going to pull out of all of these things. I'm, 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 I'm putting all of these things away, extracting them from my life. And I'm going to live my life. I'm going to be in my life. I'm just going to be in it. And you have some people that are saying that. I read, uh, I recently read an article from, uh, by uh, Andrew Sullivan, who's considered liberal guy, considered one of the, godfathers of blogging and he recently retired from blogging and he pops up every once in a while writing an article like this but he wrote an article you know a year or two after he retired but it it was just uh, published in some publication i don't remember which one talking about how he realized that blogging and the internet had just taken over his life suffocated him and so he put the internet away and he just doesn't really use the internet anymore and he just pulled away from it completely in a similar vein, I, I watched a documentary last week, actually. I'm on kind of a documentary kick, and my wife's not too th- thrilled with it, but she likes documentaries, just maybe not a lot of the same documentaries I do. Um, although I almost got her to watch the, the famous, iconic Civil War documentary, uh, you know, the Ken Burns Civil War documentary, and then we, we went to go downloaded on amazon i think and it was um it was like 40 bucks to, to watch the documentary so we, and it's we ended up not watching it because of that but anyway i was watching a documentary by werner Her, werner herzog called lo and behold about the dawn of the internet and the inf- the, the impact the internet's had on on um, humanity it's a lot of the same points are raised by people in documentary and a lot of people who have there's a movement again away from this people that are isolating themselves and getting away from moving into the forest into the wilderness into the woods and I can, see, I can see the attraction to that. I think, I think that's a, a great idea for people that want to do it. Uh, I can't kick the internet myself. Um, I can't do it unless I'm prepared to give up my career and my livelihood in the process, and I'm not prepared to do that. And the thing is, although I say all this, I do like my job, and I feel fulfilled in it. And I do think that there's something really great about the fact that I was able to go online speak my opinions, share my thoughts, and connect 
with a community of people who find something resonant in my work and in and in our shared belief system. I think that's incredible. That's an incredible thing. It, it, and it's also a beautiful thing. So it's not all bad in the information age. And I realize, I do realize the irony of, especially somebody like me saying all this. And I realize the irony of using these tools in order to criticize the tools. But I suppose I'm not really criticizing the tools so much as uh, I'm criticizing the way that we use them and our lack of prudence, our lack of uh, restraint. I also know that it doesn't start here. It's not like all these problems I'm talking about started with the internet or started with cable news. These problems we're discussing, they go all the way back. You could say it goes back to uh, the automobile. As people started driving cars, they also began to spread out, moving away from their families and communities, isolating themselves. And as we spread out, we needed to develop more methods of communication. And there were there were other uh, negative side effects of, of having the automobile as well. This is one of the reasons why, I mean, honestly, this is one of the reasons why we have things like Social Security, which, which we shouldn't have. But one of the reasons we have it is that, uh, you know, it used to be that people would families would all stick together not not just spiritually but but physically they would all stick together in the same on the same farm in the same uh, uh at least in the same town in the same area and they would take care of each other but and a lot of that was by necessity because you couldn't you know you you, you if somebody got on their horse and traveled uh, and traveled to the next state they were gone forever that was there was you'd never see them again and some people did that but most people they all stuck together but then, you know, as transportation technology developed, we all started moving because we could because we could cover vast distances in a relatively short amount of time. We all started moving away from each other. And in the process, we had to stop relying on our families and relying more on community. But the problem is that the communities keep changing because everyone's moving around so much. So you can't really rely on your community because your community, uh, or you should be able to, but often you can't because there is, there's not as much of a community anymore because people don't stick together even in the same neighborhoods. And so that's when people started relying on, that's when the federal government swooped in and said, I, I'll be your family. I'll be your, let, let, let me take care of you. But even that doesn't start with the, with the automobile. We could take it back to the horse if we wanted to. Maybe we could go all the way back to the, to the boat, you know, go back, go back 7,000 years, 8,000 years. But what am I saying? What am I? What am I really saying? Don't drive. Don't watch TV. Don't use. Don't use the newfangled technology like uh, like uh, like boats. Don't use electricity. No, of course not. Although I can see the attraction to that kind of lifestyle, uh, to to someone who really does just move off into the wilderness with their family and subsist on the on the land and just live that way, I can really see the attraction to that. To, to that. Um, but I'm not advocating that we all do that. I guess what I'm advocating for is perspective. That's all. And maybe we should, yeah, maybe we should spend a little less time on the internet. That too. That's all I'm saying. But while you are here, I'm glad you listened to my uh, podcast. So, technology. I guess it's not so bad after all. All right. I'll talk to you guys uh, next time. Akruche Salus. Godspeed, everybody.